excited this morning because I know that we are going to have an amazing time at Meet the Authors. You know, I was the moderator in 2013, and then God blessed me in 2014. I came with my book, Thoughts on Life for Women. Amen. And now it's 2016. Time is moving on. Amen. But I am so honored, and I am so grateful to God. And if you are honored and grateful this morning, why don't you look at someone and tell them, I'm grateful. Uh, Why don't you look at somebody else and tell them, I'm thankful. Oh, glory to God. I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Now, why don't you just put your hands together and let us celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what's his name? Oh, come on. What's his name? Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I am honored today to be a part of what God is doing in the lives of these authors as they share with us these life-changing books. And you know what? I really thank God for my friendship with uh, Pastor Barb. Amen, amen. I thank God for her longevity. In this day and time, you don't see longevity. They come and they go. Because it's not built on the word of God. Amen. Let's just tell the truth. Amen. You know, I call her my friend. I call her my mentor. I call her gracious. I call her kind. I call her loving. I call her caring. I call her woman of God. Pastor Bard, I just want you to know that I love you and I appreciate you. You know, when you gave me the assignment, I got a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. But you know what I said? I said, you know, I love her. And so whatever I need to do, I will fit it in my schedule. Amen. And one of the things, amen, amen, and that's what we have to do. We have to fit it in our schedule. One of the things that I love to do is I love to celebrate and I love to honor What good is it when someone's laid out? Oh, come on now. I said, what good is it when someone is laid out and you're celebrating them? They can't hear you. And I think in the body of Christ, we are out of balance. We're too deep. Deep people make me itch. Because you need balance in your life. You need to stop and smell the roses. You need to stop and tell people that you love that you love them, and that you appreciate them. People need to know that. Am I right? Am I right, husbands? Amen. Am I right, wives? Amen. Friends. Friends need to. Amen, brother. Friends need to hear that as well. Amen. You know, I'm kind of prolonging it for a minute because I got something that's supposed to happen. And I love my husband, but sometimes he's just a tad bit slow. And, uh, what I'm having him do, amen, amen. But I just want you to know, Pastor Barb, that I love you and I celebrate you and I honor you. And I believe in giving people flowers why they can smell them. And so today, I honor you with these beautiful flowers. They are alive 
and they represent life. The life that you have spoken into all of us. Come on and put your hands together for Pastor Barr. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Amen. These are for you, woman of God. Hallelujah. So well deserved. So well deserved. So well deserved. Nobody knows what she goes through. Hallelujah. But they're so well deserved. And you know, as I was meditating, Pastor Shirley, the Holy Spirit said to me, but they are a team. Oh, glory to God. So as I celebrate Pastor Barb, I too celebrate you and your kindness, your sweet spirit, your loving heart. You are so precious. Please receive these flowers as a reminder that it has not been in vain. Oh, glory to God. Come on and put your hands together for Pastor Shirley. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We salute you. We honor you, and we thank God for you on this day. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise one more time. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I thank God for each and every one of you that is here, all the ministers, all the pastors, just everybody. How many of you know that everybody is somebody in the kingdom? Oh, come on now. I said everybody is somebody in the kingdom. Glory to God. And then I want to honor my husband. This year we'll celebrate 30 years, y'all. Glory! Hallelujah! And the blessing is we still like and love each other. Amen. I thank God for him. I salute you, honey. I appreciate you. He supports me in everything that I do. There's never a competition. And I'm just grateful. I'm just a blessed girl. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's time to meet the authors. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, they don't know what order they're coming in. Amen. Hallelujah. And they're on pins and needles. But I know that you guys are going to be tremendously blessed. Amen. Our first author's book is entitled Awake. Ha, glory. And put on strength. Hallelujah. Be an end time warrior. With each author, I pulled out a little snippet to whet your appetite. This author says our motive must be love. Amen, amen. Page 14 of her book says, we preached out of the love of Christ, not for any other motivation. Never preach to see what it is going to do for you or what you can get out of it. Preach out of the love of God. Preach out of a pure heart. Preach because it's on the inside of you. This goes back to our self-government of keeping purity of heart. When we get off track and God exposes something, repent. Give it back to him and say, God, I don't want to be like this. Help me to get it together so that I can do the work that you have ordained me to do with more fervor. Allow it to come from your heart and have fun doing what God has ordained you to do. Enjoy it. Do not treat it like a chore that you are stuck with doing. It should be enjoyable. There is nothing better than to lead a person to the Lord, knowing that their soul is not going to hell. 
praying for people and seeing that their healing has manifested is just a wonderful feeling. Nothing, not even money, can take its place. Nothing can take the place of working for God, and there is no reward greater. This employment is so awesome. Glory to God. Put your hands together and receive our beloved Pastor Shirley Camp. Celebrated this way, I don't think, and much by surprise. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Minister Peggy. She always makes things better. Amen. Things are good, but they're great when she's involved. Thank you so much, and thank your husband. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just so excited. You know, I didn't really plan on doing a book, but I was told that this was a book. Amen. And and I just thank Miss Juana Lowe. Where is she? And uh, Shannon Crowley. Thank you so much. And then I have two other people, uh, the sisters. Uh, uh, I can't think of their names. Tanya and Crystal. See, when I say sisters, everybody know. But, you know, they, they uh, just helped so much. They edited and and did everything, and then uh, Shannon Crowley, I just couldn't have done it, but I want to say this is a book. And so I'm just so thankful for them, you know, that they just keep me uh, encouraged. Amen. But awake and put on strength. Hallelujah. Being an end-time warrior. Amen. Hallelujah. Awake. Awake and put on strength. In fact, I have a T-shirt. Well, I stole it from the t Shannon stole it from the T-shirt. I'm putting it on her. <laughs> Shannon stole it for the t-shirts, but I love it. Amen. And it's out of uh, Isaiah 52, and it talks about awake and put on strength, O uh, Zion. And, and it's saying that you're not going to be the same anymore. Put away your childish things. Put away your sinful actions. And come clean with God because it is time to do a work for him. Amen. Hallelujah where things will never be the same again. You know, we are the end-time army. The church is the end-time army. But the thing I want to say is this. Not everybody's going to be on the front lines. Not everybody will be on the front lines. Why? Because everybody won't prepare. Everybody won't get ready. Amen. Everybody won't put away the, the milk and get on the meat. And so God is calling us as an end-time army, although everybody will be involved. You know how back in, I was thinking about World War One and Two. you know, when you see film clips in black and white, and, and you look at that, and you see that there's, there's the nurses, there's people that cut the, the, the sheets into bandages and keep you, uh, you know, take care of the wounded and things like that. And I believe there will be those people. I mean, we're all needed. But everybody won't go on the front lines. Amen. You know, it's a sacrifice. And you have to have a heart to fight for God. Amen. You cannot compromise. You know, pride can't go. Arrogance can't go. You know, but those people who are willing to, um, you know, just go after 
and bring in the things that God has already mandated. According to Mark 16:15, I think it is. It says, "Go ye, go ye and preach the gospel." And it's just a simple mandate. But in this end time, there's so many things uh that's involved in it because these are the end times. And so we have to do things with more fervor. We have to do things with more understanding, more wisdom, more revelation. We cannot win a war without these things. And so we're going to have to make that sacrifice to spend more time with God, you know, to go to the, the limits, the deeper things of God. It's okay to be deep if you stay normal. <laughs> but you got to most people who get deep, they're not normal anymore. They go into some other realm. Amen. But, you know, the deeper things of God is what he wants to connect with you. And God is spiritual. He, you know, we're spiritual beings. He just does not connect with you on, in a natural way, in a, on, or I should say on a natural level. But God is calling us to be warriors and, you know, to fight this, this uh, battle that's before us. It's not coming. It's here. Amen. And so we have to prepare, you know, to cut the TV off. That's my, my thing. I'm working on it. I, I was, uh, <laughs> my daughter called me the other day because she knows when it's coming time for the conference, when it gets close, I'm just very busy. And so she says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm kind of working on my, my uh, message for next Sunday. And she says, well, I hear the TV cut it off. So I said, Okay. <laughs> I said, okay. But, you know, I told her, I said, it hasn't been on since Monday, and it was Tuesday night. But she still brought that to my attention. And I just, I said, it's only been on an hour. She said, cut it off. And so, you know, things like that, God will always give you a messenger. Amen. Sometimes you just want to shoot them, but don't shoot the messenger because they're much needed in your life. So I just turned it off. Amen. I turned it off. And then, you know, because you, God just does not want to share that time with you. He doesn't, he doesn't want to speak over the TV and other things, you know. And so you, it's a sacrifice that you have to make. You know, if you love him truly, truly, and truly want to do a good job. So I just wrote a few things down about the end time army as, as I saw it. The end times, they're exciting times. It's a great time to serve God. And I believe that the end times um, are yesterday's prophecies, but seeing them being fulfilled. And I was going to ask you, do you think that's accurate? Yeah, it's prophecies from long ago, prophecies that you've received, prophecies that you thought were dead, you thought fell to the ground. But, you know, God is bringing them to life again. Amen. He's putting them on your heart. He's saying, don't give up on that dream. Don't give up on yesterday's prophecies. Amen. Because you haven't seen them come to pass. They're still there. God still wants to do these things in your life. And he will, but he wants you to put that thing back in your heart. He wants to revive it again. Amen. So end times is also those prophecies that went before you that you thought are gone and dead. But they're here. And God wants to bring them to pass. The end times are times and seasons of training. And that's the thing I want to stress most. These are training times, although we know these things. But these are times of training like never before. This training is, is, is more, uh, more in-depth, I should say. This training is 
going to put you where you need to be. Amen. And it's something that you've never done before, yet it's not new. You've never been here before. You've never done it before, yet it's not new. Amen. And so the end times involve so many things. It's deep, yet it's not. You know, you don't have to be weird and creepy because God talked to you. You know, that's the turn off. You know, <laughs> you know how some people, they get a word from the Lord. This is what I know. This is my assumption. Most of the time, that's for you. And that's not for you to go telling everybody. And that's why you get a wrong response because it's not received from people because it's for you. It's to encourage you. It's to, to in, you know, make you bigger on the inside so that you can hold all the things that God has to come for you. Amen? Amen. So when God speaks a word, you ask him if you can, can tell somebody or who is it for. Some things I just tell Pastor Bob, I run it by her to see, is this, you know, my flesh or, you know, is this God? And then some things you can tell, but most of the time, this is for your own personal growth, your own personal knowledge. And so everything is not for everybody. But the end times, you're going to hear from God more. Amen. You should. Amen. Hallelujah. It's something you've never done before, but it's something that you, you know it's not new. Yet it's new. Does that make sense? The end times are the glory times. Where we are, um, where the prayers of the righteous, you see it come to fruition. It's the, these are the glory where you see God's glory. You see God's glory manifest. I look at it like this. More of God, less of us. Amen. And that's what I like to say because I believe the end times are just that. The end times are where we see the heart of God manifest in an, an exceedingly an abundant fashion in other words god says it's my time i'm gonna you're gonna see my glory i'm gonna get what i want amen and i'm gonna get it through you amen and so you have to um just um make yourself available and it's like uh pastor said she said uh fit it into your schedule amen don't put god last keep him first amen because I don't believe this is the time to be shuffling God around on the board to see where he'll fit in. You fit him in first. Amen. You take care of his business, he'll take care of yours. Amen. End time warriors are handpicked by God to do exploits in the name of Jesus. They are handpicked by God. Amen. We're all handpicked. But, but many are, are called, few are chosen. Amen. Because some people just won't. Uh, apply themselves to what God has called them to do. They won't prepare themselves because of the time. I believe it's a time issue because that was my problem. And so you have to make time for God. You have to put him first, put him in your life, and let him stay number one. You know, this is the thing that I um, I fear not for me because I, my heart is fixed. It wasn't always but it is now. But most people, when you see them get blessed, they forget God. And God has said that in his word in so many different places. He says, when you get blessed, don't forget me. Don't forget where your blessings came from. Amen. It's amen. And so we need to really, I mean, this is a time to draw nigh unto him, not to, because we're the light of the world. Let your light shine. Amen. Or back in the day when we were members of a glow, they says, go, let your light be a glow. Let let your go a glowing. 
you know, let be a glow, or however that little thing was. Yeah, and so you have to let your light shine. Now's not the time to be getting in the flesh. It's time to get out of the flesh. Amen. Learn how to manage your flesh. Self-government, and we talk a lot about self-government in the book because I think that's the the key to doing exploits for God. You must know how to govern your own self. We're good at governing other people, but you have to learn how to self-govern yourself and it's because god wants to see his plan and his purpose come on the earth it's about what he wants his plan his purpose for our lives because he's allowed us to do some things that we didn't need to do he's allowed us to do stuff that didn't work he's allowed us to have some victories but now it's it's time for god's plan his purpose on this earth and these are the things that, that will win the war these are the things that will bring us into victory, amen. And God is just concerned. He's concerned about us. He loves us. You know, we're the apple of his eye, but he wants to use us in this end time strategy. You know, uh, teaching us to use the word skillfully and not uh, cast our pearls before a swine. God has given us a new insight on what the kingdom is all about. And sometimes we're going to find out it's nothing like what we thought. Amen. But God is doing a new thing. Will you not know it? Amen. You know, and so you won't know it if you don't stay plugged into God. Amen. So we have to stay plugged into God. We are called to set the captives free and to be a light in a dark place. According to Isaiah 61, arise, shine. And that's, um, you know, part of what this book is about. Arise, shine, for the Lord has come. For the glory of the Lord has risen up on thee. But who will know it if you don't know it? You know, you have to know who you are. You know, so God wants to do a work uh, in us for the body. Amen. God has his plans, his purpose, even into the uh, political arena. And I'm so thankful that God has already let us know that he's even the Lord of that. He's the Lord of the harvest. Amen. He's the Lord of politics. You know, he has everything. Nothing goes by God. You know how sometimes, especially when we were on the milk, we thought God was just like the Wizard of Oz or somebody on a throne just throwing down hell, brimstone, and fire or whatever it was. You know, we had maybe some of us the wrong understanding when we first got born again. But we're finding out that God is so much more. Amen. And he wants to do so much more in us. I'm almost done. (laughs) So this is your calling. Amen. Arise and shine for the light has come because the light is going to shine upon you. Amen. That light is you. In other words, it's your light shining on yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants to do great and mighty things. And I'm telling you, he's chosen the right people. You know, he's chose you. He's chose me. He's chosen millions. And he knows that they will get the job done. He is working. You know, we used to think that God was so far away. He's right here. He's right here. And he is calling us all into uh, 
a position of war. Amen. Jesus is a man of war. He's the Lord of war. Amen. And he says what's going to work, what's not going to work, what artillery to use. You know, he has his sharpshooters, his snipers. He has all his spiritual snipers. Now, not the natural kind. But, and I believe I'm one of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> you know, and so are you. But God knows who, who's going to do what. And most of the time, you know, you don't feel adequate. And you don't think that God would use you in such a way to make an impact on this earth. But he will. Amen. It's not about what we think so much. It's what God thinks. And then we have to bring our mind into uh, a, a place where you have his understanding and he, he has your heart. Amen. And so it's a sacrifice, but it's not hard to do. It's a time for war. Hallelujah. End time warriors must be submitted to the Lord and to the fivefold ministry gifts. Don't try to work around them. Amen. Hallelujah. According to Ephesians 4.11 says that the fivefold is to perfect us. Amen. But see, when someone gets a calling or when they, they know that they're a, a prophet or a, 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 an apostle or whatever it is, a pastor, a teacher, sometimes they think that they don't need to submit to the fivefold. But you still have to have a submitted heart. Amen. And respect your peers and not try to elevate yourself to a place where you can't be humble in your heart. Amen. And so you have to keep the right kind of heart. We all need checking. Amen. And and just repent and get back in there. Amen. Warriors need direction. They need direction, clear vision, and we need equipment. The right equipment. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, being equipped. Hallelujah. You have to get that from God. They must walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, not enjoy the lust of the flesh. And lean to the word and, and lean on the word and lean toward the, the word and know that you must work, use the word in a skillful fashion and not just use it any kind of way. You use it where you will hit the target. Amen. And so you have to get all of that stuff from God. Hallelujah. And the fearful and the faint hearts, please stay home. <laughs> Don't come out on the battlefield. See, that's why everybody won't go. Amen. You make everybody scared. Don't open your mouth. You know, remember we had someone on the, uh, we went on a, back in the early days, Pastor Barb, and I, I appreciate you so much because you took us everywhere. Amen. Everybody that could pay that airfare, you could go. And she would make provisions. She used to, she and her husband used to always pay my way, uh, you know, my hotel. And they would just like put a, a $100 bill in my purse or something like that to make sure that I was able to buy souvenirs and stuff like that. I didn't forget that. Amen. But she took us everywhere she went so that we could learn. And just, you know, whatever voice the Lord told us to get under, she made sure that we got there. Amen. And it just brings back so many memories. And all of that stuff is in here. Amen. Ain't ain't up here. It's in here. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And so God, he, you know, he teaches us not to be fearful. And that took care of that. You know, God's been working on my fear. You know how I'm with the big dog. But I was always somewhere like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I learned. Amen. And I, I appreciate that so much, her taking me everywhere that she, she went. Because fear is not welcome. Pride is not welcome. But faith and confidence in God can go with you, amen, and conquer anything. Hallelujah. So don't forget about the clear mandate, Mark 16, 15 through 19. Go ye and preach the gospel throughout the world, amen, and be a light because your call for such a time as this. There's no such thing that, well, you know, that's for them. It's not for me. It's for you. You are called for this end-time battle. But will you be ready? Will you be ready? Get the book. (laughs) Amen. One more thing I would like to say about this book and about uh, being an end-time warrior is that it teaches you the difference in works or doing a work and having fruit that remains a difference amen you know how you feel really good when you go out and you can witness to somebody or you can say or give them a word that means something but did it penetrate did it do the job did it make devils flee amen is that the work or i should say the extensive work the thorough work that god wanted you to do in that situation amen so we want fruit that remains. We don't want just want we don't just want our name up in lights, or we don't want just want to be remembered for a specific thing. Uh, nothing other than what God has ordained for us to to do and to have known. Amen. So get the book because greater works will you do. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Awake and put on strength. Look at your neighbor and say, stay plugged in, stay plugged in. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. I sense the sweet spirit of the Lord here this morning. Amen. Amen. And I just want to stay in the flow of the Spirit. Sometimes people just talk too much. That's the way I believe in some of our services, and it stops the flow of God. The Bible says we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. How about that? Amen, amen, hallelujah. Our next author's book, Mm, glory to God, is I Plead the Blood. Ah, glory to God. The blood covenant between God and man. Glory to God. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. You know, we don't talk about the blood a lot no more. But how many of you know the blood still works? (laughs) Hey, glory to God. The blood still works. The author says, On page 36, that the blood speaks to about you. What does the blood say about you right now? It says you are healed. It says that in spite of how you feel, you are healed. 
The blood says that Jesus took every sickness and every sin and you are healed. Nothing can touch you. Nothing has any right to latch itself onto you because Jesus is testifying on your behalf right now and he sees nothing but himself in you. Oh, glory to God. That old person you were is gone. We do not even need to talk about him anymore. God, glory. When you enter that plea, the blood of Jesus is a witness that testifies for you. And he has only better things to say despite what you are experiencing right now. I do not care what kind of feelings you have in your body. If you feel sick right now, the blood of Jesus is testifying that you deserve to be healed. Oh, glory to God. Somebody shout, I plead the blood. Somebody shout, I plead the blood. Receive our author, Pastor Barbara. Come on, Pastor Barbara, and tell us about this blood. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I'm excited. I said, well, I want to read that book. <laughs> Y'all be seated. <laughs> Please. Boy, Reverend Peggy, I'm telling you, you just always outdo yourself. I always expect great things, but you outdid yourself today. And we are so humbled. I thank you so much for not just the flowers, the words, and speaking from your heart and honoring people at all times. She just always lifts people up. And that's, that's such a blessing to, for us to have around. That's part of the end time joy of the Lord, to always have somebody to spur you on. That's the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. He keeps us moving and keeps us going. He says, come on, get up, go another feather. You can do it. So it's always great. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Pastor Renee, it's good to see you this morning. You look so pretty. Amen. Praise God. Thanking our staff for helping us put the books together. We we do... um, Ask people, you know, that, that we know are, are, I would say, take people and, and consistent people. And oftentimes the people who work doing the dubbing and hold, you know, working with the tapes, hear them all and know them all. So, uh, and people who give us feedback from the different uh, uh, teachings that we teach. Uh, always coming into the office and say, that, girl, that word was good. And so, <laughs> so we have to keep up with, what oh, that word was good. And I said, well, what was that? And so what we decided to do, Pastor Shirley and I said, well, let's just go through our, our recorded teachings and have those transcribed, and we can put out more books faster than sitting down writing them from scratch all over again. Praise God. And so one of the subjects I really enjoy uh teaching on is the blood of Jesus because um, I, when I first started undergraduate school, I was uh, interested in going to law school. And uh, it just got turned around a little bit. I wound up going to about 15 different types of school. I used to say, uh, what? Oh, I got a certificate for that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, guy that stands on the corner with a bunch of watches on the inside of his eye certificates on the inside of that. So it's a get on everything. But anyway, I, I never did go to law school, but I was always interested in law. And when I started to study the Bible on the, on the blood of Jesus, I found that uh, the, the Bible seemed to be more and more legal document to me. 
and it has uh, there are laws there, and these laws are valid always throughout eternity. And so when I was reading and, and studying in the Word of God, I saw that we, when we have um, situations in our lives, sometimes we can fall under accusation of the enemy. Amen. The accuser of the brethren will come to us and say, oh, you're not this, or you're not that, or you did this wrong, or you did that wrong. And so I would sometimes have this battle in my mind about, well, God, I did it, but I'm sorry, and God, I, I didn't do it, and, you know, not guilty. You know, you can go not guilty all day long if you want to, but that doesn't satisfy that nagging accusation on the inside of your soul. And so God showed me how to respond to that nagging accusation on the inside of your soul. And he said, you plead the blood. And when he said that, I remembered, because I remember older people, you know, uh, saying, girl, you better plead the blood. I plead the blood. Somebody plead the blood. It's kind of interesting because I was watching, I think it was a YouTube video or somebody posted a video. And there were some people, uh, um, it was a video, there was a woman standing like a little bit on a hilltop. And she's looking down at the freeway and there was a car on fire and people were in it. And whoever was taping this was standing behind her, and she was standing there praying. She said, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. And every now and then she would stop and say, oh, Lord, please, baby, get them babies out of get them out of And she kept pleading the blood. And you know, every soul got out of that car, and that car exploded right after the last person got out of there. So the blood works. Amen. And so I, I amen, amen, amen. Yes! Yes! See, when it's spoken of, it has power to let you know there's a witness there. Amen? And so that's that's our plea. And, it, and it's been fought over over the years. You know, in Christianity, we get uh, positive messages now. Everybody wants to have a positive message. Instead of preachers, we got life coaches. You know, the Holy Spirit is your life coach. You got me? That's the only one you need. You don't need nobody. You don't pay nobody to tell you what God has already told you. Of course, unless you put in the offering. <laughs> Preacher joke. I haven't thrown that in. Whatever. <laughs> but the life coach is trying to eat the preacher's lunch. You understand? Don't let that. Don't let that happen. But anyway. But I sought to understand what that meant to plead the blood. And so it wound up being taught in in a couple of different teachings. I think the first one, I know the first one, you were in the meeting, Peggy, because I remember talking about your giving an example on one of those tapes. And that went back, that's been like over over eight years. It was one of the early years that you, might have been with your first book that you wrote years ago yeah absolutely and so it's been and i just say that to say it's been a work in progress over a period of years and i've taught about the blood of jesus many times in the healing schools and so i was able to start to put everything together and i I told shannon i said well we need to have uh several volumes on the blood of jesus and so this is two teachings in one book we decided to put them in here and it's called i plead the blood the blood covenant between god and man and so god has allowed us 
a legal response to every accusation of the enemy that could ever come. You know, if you'll notice, in the world today, we're in a, a very, very deep war of accusation. If you say something that somebody doesn't like, they start to accuse you. If you say homosexuality is sin, which is truth, which it is, you get an accusation hurled back at you. You got me? You're a homophobe. It's a name-calling thing. And that's all the enemy has against us is calling us names. And those names you do not have to answer to. And it's real and it's true. And you're not that. You know, you can say you're not that. But because of the blood of Jesus, you can live a life that validates that you're not that anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So the blood actually uh, was, was given and shed for us to, uh, to assign us and give us uh, a mandate for wholeness in the earth. And wholeness is a legal term. And, you know, when Jesus would talk to people and say, will you be made whole? You ever notice that in, his, in the audience where he would be preaching, he would say there were doctors, lawyers, doctors of the law and lawyers sitting in the, the audience there. And when Jesus would come up to somebody and say, will you be made whole? That got the lawyers ears shooting up. Because the purpose of law is for people to be made whole. All legal proceedings, that there is a, a, a law in the earth where uh, all, all court proceedings are, are levied because people have suffered loss. And you go to court so that you could be made whole. Now you and I know that if somebody steals your car... And does damage to it, your insurance company is only going to give you so much for it. So you might not get that car back like you had it. The same thing with if somebody steals your husband or your wife. Now, see, it depends. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, good riddance. Don't bring it back. I almost said that. Yeah, we talk about that. Talking about a husband you love or wife you love and you want back. Huh? <laughs> sometimes you see what happens to them during the separation you say oh keep going <laughs> but if somebody if you suffer a loss of your dignity a loss of your self-esteem you can't get that back only through the blood of jesus can you be made whole see a, a legal court man's court can only give you so much and it's rare in a man's court that a person that suffers a loss can be made totally whole. And when Jesus would go to a sick person and say, will you be made whole? The lawyers would probably stand up. You can't do that. It's impossible. You can get the best settlement you can on earth, but there never, there's always something missing. And Jesus said, no, when I come to you with my blood, it will give you wholeness and peace God's shalom, it means nothing missing, nothing broken. You got me? And so that piqued the lawyer's curiosity. And they would run around and follow Jesus to see what he was doing. And as, they, as he walked and he touched people, they were all made 100% whole. The Bible validates that. So even your greatest, most devastating loss 
the blood of Jesus witnesses and testifies that you will be made whole. God will bring you back to total peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You don't have a bad reputation. There's no rap sheet on you, no priors, no fingerprints, no evidence, nothing. Amen. Clean, forgiven, and made whole. So we are all on an assignment for wholeness. Jesus' blood has provided for our wholeness, and we have an assignment to be made whole. God's blood has mandated that we would always be forgiven, that we would always be cleansed and washed and given a fresh and brand new start. I know many times when people have symptoms of illness in their body, you know, the first thing your mind does is say, hmm, wonder what? Wonder, wonder, wonder. And see, the first thing you need to do as a believer is say, you know what? I plead the blood. Whatever this is, the blood of Jesus paid for me to be made whole. The blood of Jesus said, you can't stick to me. The blood of Jesus says, you got to go. That blood is my only plea. Amen. The blood is a foreordained provision. It's not something God thought of after we fell. If somebody foreordains something, you know, I know parents sometimes, you know, the kids will come in, and, oh, mommy, I got my book list, and this is all the stuff I need. There's a lot of stuff on here. And mommy says, okay, we'll take care of that. See, the provision is already there. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if it ain't there, parents, just make like it is you know be faith people you say it's cool you know you got 46 items and it's 10 pages you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just say yeah it's there baby it's there you know don't worry about it and that's what god did because the lamb was slain when before the foundation before we came it was paid for you understand so it's not it's not like god gotta think up something to take care of your problems your pro- provision is already there All you have to do is believe God and the provision comes into your hands. When God began to give me a revelation of the blood, I I began to study when that phrase first came into uh, Christian literature. When did people first start talking about the blood of Jesus? And it seemed to coincide with a, a famous trial that they had back in the 1920s. It was a Scopes monkey trial. Some of you might remember that. Um, Dr. Scopes was teaching evolution in a high school. It was illegal in Tennessee. It was illegal for you to teach evolution. And so the, the school board took him to court. And so uh, um, Clarence Darrow it was a very famous lawyer. So was William Cummings Bryan at the William Jennings Bryan at the time. Bryan actually ran for president at one time. So these men were so prominent. This this trial got far more attention than it it really deserved because of who was involved in it. But it got people to understanding the law and legal terms. And so Dr. Scopes pled not guilty, but they found him guilty. And these two lawyers would argue back and forth. And and most of their arguments fell into printed page. And so people would start reading and they, like the American public, grew in their understanding of courtroom proceedings in legal terms. And so when they would start talking about how somebody would plead, and then church people would say, well, you know, I plead the blood. And that song, Just As I Am, was written around that time. Just as I am without one plea, but that his blood was shed for me. 
So when we are accused by the enemy, it is a legal proceeding against you. When the devil says you can't be healed because, look, you've been eating them burgers and you've been eating this and eating that and it's your fault. You said, no, devil, I plead the blood of Jesus. There is no fault against me for anything. And that's the only plea you need to enter in the court of heaven because the enemy goes before the throne of God to accuse us. He's just not talking to you for no reason. He goes uh, before the throne of God. Remember Job. Job was sitting there minding his business, nervous about his kids. He'd probably been nervous about them since them little rough kids had been in the world. You know what I'm saying? He had ten of them. They weren't all saints. And they'd party all night long, and, and Job would go up and wake up in the morning and make sacrifices for him. He said, oh, I know some of them curse God. They've been down there drinking and stuff. He made sacrifices for his children over and over and over again. And those children were grown enough to have their own relationship with God. You know, at some point, you've got to trust God with them and cut them loose. You understand what I'm saying? And pray that they get their own relationship with God. But Job was fearful. He was fearful about losing everything, losing his children, losing his home, losing all of those things. And one day it happened. Amen. One day it happened. Because the enemy came before the throne of God and said, does he trust you for nothing? And all of us will have to face that accusation. Do you trust God for nothing or do you trust him because you love him? And so that God allowed the testing to come into Job's life. And it got to the point where Job had to enter a plea in the court of heaven. Amen. Job had to enter his own plea. And so he said that he would trust God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's a form of pleading the blood. I have no defense for myself. I'm not going to say I didn't do it. I'm not going to try and point to my poor upbringing and I didn't get ten hugs a day like they say on TV you're supposed to get. I got nine and a half and that little half one was kind of dry. You know what I'm saying? It didn't work for me. We don't have to blame anybody for our condition or any sin that we may commit because the blood of Jesus has paid total payment for every wrongdoing. So you don't have to be innocent. Amen. You can be guilty and plead the blood and throw yourself on the mercy of God's court. That's the way you do it. I have a a chapter in here, innocence versus forgiveness. Many people are trying to be, you know, man has not been innocent since the garden. Adam and Eve were innocent because they had no knowledge of sin. But once innocence is gone, you don't have any, you can't get it back anymore. Innocent means you have no knowledge of it. You have never had any kind of contact with it whatsoever. Once you've sinned, you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, so we're not innocent at all. We just think we are, huh? And we try to perpetrate like we ain't done nothing. But we're born in sin. You can sin easily besets us. You understand what I'm saying? All you got to do is watch QVC longer than you're supposed to, and that sin of mine, huh, easily besets us. Even when you get, you can be hard up for money to pay bills and get bill money and go squander it on something. 
Don't act like now. Listen, I spoke it, uh, English is my first language. Okay, is is it yours? Habla español. Huh? <laughs> I do that too, a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> what did I say? Cause y'all messed me up with that. What was my last thought? Yeah. Listen, people can can be praying for bill money when the bill money come in. They why did listen when when uh, uh, the woman with the oil? What did the prophet tell her? Uh, right, and go get the money and pay your bills first. Why do you think he told her that? Because that's why our money was jacked up. She ain't paid no bills. She been spending on QVC. So she wasn't innocent either. See, you feel bad for the widow woman. Oh, they're going to take her sons and put them in jail. She got so much stuff in her closet. She could have a garage sale and get out of debt. Anywho, I digress. Okay. But but we we got to do what God tells us to do. You see what I'm saying? Because guilt and condemnation will come on you for disobedience. It's good to be obedient. It really, really is. And you can get yourself out of it. But if you feel guilty and condemned, you plead the blood. Lord, that has paid for my guilt, my condemnation. Anything that would separate me from you has been paid for by your precious blood, Jesus. Let that be your only plea. The blood of Jesus spoke first before any blood that was shed in unrighteousness, any sin was committed. The blood of Jesus first spoke our forgiveness and our redemption because he was slain before the foundation of the earth. What speaks first has precedence over what comes later. It's a stronger voice. See, the blood speaks from eternity your forgiveness. It don't matter when you sin. It speaks your forgiveness throughout eternity. You plead the blood by coming before the throne of God and God and telling God, you know what, God, I did do that, and I'm so sorry. Could you forgive me? Now, is that hard? It's not hard at all. And you make sure that that blood is working and effective, covering you, cleansing you, making you whole, getting rid of guilt, getting rid of fear, getting rid of unrighteousness, getting rid of anything that would stand between you and God, and then just walk on out in your deliverance. Walk out your salvation. Walk it out without fear. There's nothing the enemy can do to you when the blood is your covering and your plea. You're not trusting in your goodness. You're not trusting in you do everything right, which is a lie. Huh? You're not trusting in your own righteousness. Amen? Paul said, if anybody has something to brag on, I could do it. He said, but I don't do that. I trust totally in what the Lord has done for me. And I believe that we're going to need this more and more because the war of accusation is heating up. Christians are are, call, are now called people who hate. We're being sued because we stand on our principles of the word. And we don't want to put um, two men on a, a, a wedding cake. You understand what I'm saying? Or two women on a wedding cake. We don't want to do those kinds of things. Now the government thinks they can force us. You know, this ain't, this ain't some, you know, banana republic or some communist ghetto or something. 
This is one nation under God. God set up this country. You understand me? And we don't have to bow to the accusation of the enemy. We can plead the blood of Jesus, which always speaks better things. It speaks that we're free. We're redeemed. We're whole. We're sin-free. We're guilt-free. We're righteous before God. It speaks those things about us. So let the blood speak for you. Amen? Let it speak for you. You're whole in Jesus' name. Amen? His blood has provided everything that we need. It's a wonderful thing. So I plead the blood. Amen? We'll put in with everything else. Praise God. Wasn't that exciting? I plead the blood. Isn't it awesome that God shows up at a book signing? Why? Because you can't talk about him and he don't show up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited. That which speaks first gets precedence. That thing got in my spirit. So we got to be real careful. Who speaks first in our lives. Amen. Look, y'all better let that sink in your spirit. So when they come up to you, you be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh. Nah. I don't want that. I don't receive that. Because that thing can get stuck in your spirit. And that's why many of us are stuck right now. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good to me. Good to me. This book signing is awesome. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ooh, I'm blessed today. Are you blessed today? Have you been blessed thus far? Amen. Amen. I love to hear Pastor Bob. I know sometimes she's like, well, I'm resting. I'm like, well, are you preaching? And she's like, no, I'm resting. And I'm like, okay, praise God. You have to rest. Amen. Now, our final author's book is entitled, My Destiny is now. Oh, glory to God. My destiny is now. He says on page 11 in the book, we see here that this woman had been diseased with an issue of blood. She was cut off from her community because when someone had a blood condition, they were considered unclean. However, She didn't allow her condition to determine her position. Oh, let me say that one more time. She didn't allow her condition to determine her position in the worst time of her life. She went to executing her plan. Look at somebody and tell them you need a plan. And in that plan, she used words. This woman got a word in her mouth concerning her situation, and she painted a picture of her future by her words. Getting the right words in your mouth can change your life. It can take you from the worst days to the best days. She had a revelation that words are more powerful than people. Ooh, let me say that one more time. She got a revelation that words are more powerful than people. Oh, glory to God. Somebody shout destiny. Somebody shout now. Man of God, prophet, 
Joseph Walker, come and share with us about our destiny right now. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for being here on today and to being with you, the precious people of God, and to Reverend Barbara and to Pastor Reverend Shirley and just to all you, the people of God, and to um, it is such a good time to be here. Um, I, I wrote this book out of a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Um, many of times people, we've been taught things that the Holy Spirit is raising up voices to unteach what you've been taught. That has not been biblically sound. Uh, many of times we hear things from the previous generation, and though you think it sounds right, it usually Perpetuate to the moves from this generation to generation. And many of times when we've heard this word destiny, we've looked at it somewhere in the great by and by. And I had to receive it. Uh, I'm going to go have to go to heaven. No. There is a place called heaven. Don't get me wrong, but there, when it comes to your destiny, your destiny is a right now reality. And, you know, Reverend Ike used to say, you don't have to wait. He didn't want to wait till he get to heaven to have his pie in the sky. He wanted it now. And you should have that same attitude. You don't have to wait to go to heaven to receive what God has for you. You can receive what he has for you now. But you've got to understand that destiny is not a talk, but it's a walk. And the more you're willing to walk, the more excuse me, God will unveil and uncover as you walk. Some people are never willing to walk. Jesus asked the man in Luke, I mean in John chapter 5, um, he asked him a simple question. Do you want to be made whole? Now that scripture lets me know that the wholeness was in his mouth, in his decision. Okay. Jesus, 
challenged the man and asked him. And he turns around. He says, Lord, I, I have no man to, to put me in the pool. Now, now, Jesus never asked him about a man. He asked him about his will. And many of times we've allowed excuses. What are excuses? I, I wrote in the book a definition of excuse, and I want to read it to you. Excuses are the words in lies you use and believe into try to try into to try to justify remaining in dysfunctional and inaccurate behaviors and patterns. This man had been at the pool thirty eight years of his own decision. It wasn't about a man but many of times we, we have we have we have been in captivity of our own doing. It's like the man when the prison doors open and he's been in prison for years. And they say you can go now. And he's just standing there. His mind has been held captive because He's he has a, a a prison mentality. He's been in prison a long time. He hasn't he hasn't been past the bars in years. And that's why many of times, if they don't get Jesus, I mean, you can give them programs and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't give them the Word of God. And ground them in the word when they get out. They come right back. Because they don't have proper foundation. And their mentality is a prison mentality. It's not a world mentality. And many of times, all of them are not being taught skills for their betterment. So they go back to what they're accustomed to. So Jesus asked this man simply about his will. Many believers are bound are not bound by demons, but by the excuse that they believe within themselves. Therefore, they miss opportunities and seasons and never experience and maximize them for their lives. We have to understand too, when God begins to send destiny in our life, that he gives us opportunities. Opportunities like he gave um, over in um, the, the feeding of the 5,000. Well, your Bible says the feeding of the 5,000, but that's inaccurate. There were well over 5,000 people there were more like over 10,000 yes. disciples. Jesus got finished just ministering to the people. And, and the disciples says, 
Jesus, uh, send these people away that they may go eat. And that's some, some of us are sending the very thing God has sent that we're to bless their life. And we're saying, send away, Lord. And the Bible shares with us that Jesus said, no, these men don't need to depart. You feed them. So many of times in destiny that um, we tend to look at situations and avoid them. But many of times what God has opened your eyes to, that's your assignment. And you're trying to run away from it. That's why if you see someone sick, the Lord's just not letting you look at that person because they're sick. He wants to heal them. And that's why he showed you them. Because he wants to heal them. And so when it's about destiny, we say that's what we have to get out of the church mindset to believe that the only people that flow in the gifts are the preachers. I'm just a good old pew member. You are part of the body of Christ. And those nine spiritual gifts of, 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 of 1 Corinthians 12 are not just for preachers. They're for the body. So God, God, and God, we've got to get rid of the, the, the church mentality to believe God's only going to use me behind the four walls. Amongst my group, God wants to use you out. God has sent people, and that's why God connects you with people. I, I, I teach a principle in there, and, and, and I'm done after this. I teach a principle how when the spirit of the when, when the Lord when when Elijah is is complaining and the Lord turns around and tells him after his complaining, all right, well, you go and anoint Elisha in your room in your stead. And he goes to Elijah and there's several things that you'll see when he goes to see Elijah. Elijah is working in the field of his father, plowing oxen. So I believe in, in destiny connections, part of destiny connections is that you have to observe the people around you. He didn't throw his mantle on someone that was lazy. I'm I'm waiting on God. The Lord told me you were coming today and throw your mantle on me. He throws his mantle on him and he says, I've got to go home to my father and mother. You know why many people are not promoted in the kingdom? Because we don't honor in reverence the previous generation. He didn't 
He didn't throw his mantle on him and say, you know what? I'm gone. But the prophet asked when he threw the mantle and he said, I'm going back. I, I want to go back and celebrate with my, 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 my parents. He, he asked him a question. He said, well, what have I done to you? Go ahead. Go, go back. And the Bible says they, they go and celebrate. And, and then, then he left and ministered to Elijah. So anytime when God promotes you, there's an order to God's promotion. That's why if you're leaving churches, it's a way you can leave a church. (laughs) You don't leave a church out of order. You You don't leave based on the Lord told me. Listen, he never releases you from something without setting you to a greater uh, a, a greater assignment. Understand. Look, 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 at the, look, look in the word of God when he promoted men. It was always to a greater assignment. So now if God's going to send you to a, a release you from a local church, it's to a greater assignment. It's not to sit up in somebody else's church. <laughs> the Lord told me to leave because it's, it's my season to leave. Well, where are you going? I'm going to this church because it's, it's a system God has. And when you honor his system, promotion comes. Matthew 4, he, he sees the first four disciples he sees, he, 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 he chose Jesus. They were washing their nets. And understand, these people that God called, they were masters to what they were called to when he called them. They weren't no little poor fishermen. They were rich fishermen, and when he called them, they were mending their nets. And he said, um, he told them, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they forsook all and followed him. And they followed him, meaning that his life literally became their life. It, it, it's not like how we see today when it comes to the discipling mantle. I mean, when you were a disciple in that day, your, your life became the life of your master. And you ate when your master ate. You ate with your master. You, 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 you did everything with your master. It was not like today you get these these mentors and these fathers and mothers and you call them and they don't answer the phone. <laughs> or they don't know you. So, so you know, I, th- this book here is it, a lot of information in here, a lot of revelation in here. Uh, 
it's it's going it's, it's going to bless your life and your and what God has called you to do because I believe everyone in here you have something to do in the earth and listen it's not going to look like your neighbor and it's not going it's not going to be celebrated by everybody. Many of times what God calls you to do, it's going to be opposed before it's celebrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember years ago, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, people, although I don't endorse the, 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 what this person did, but I remember years ago, uh, Bishop Bernard Jordan came out and he had prophetic consultations. And you had to pay him to sit down with him and he prophetically counsel you. Now we go 20 years later, I just see on Periscope, there's a lady talking about the prophets need to get paid get paid more than the counselors. And, and, and the prophet need to, do pro, need to do prophetic consultations. And, and so you need to be giving the prophets like $3,500. But some of these same people are the ones condoning someone that did it 20 years ago. Now it's the law now, but it's still not the word of God. But I'm just saying, many times how we we we've, we we've we've opposed and fought things because they were new. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. In my grandmother's day, she was a matter of fact. When she she died and went home to be with the Lord some years ago, we cleaned up the house. She had a lot of Reverend Ike stuff. Y'all send a seed for my bobcat. <laughs> that was the car back in the day. And uh, she was a faithful Reverend Ike follower. But when Reverend Ike began to teach, I don't endorse everything that he said, but when he began to teach that you, have, you can have a better life, mo- most black folk were saying, that's the devil. Fast forward 30 years later. They, they like it now. I mean, we, we oppose things because it's new. It is, it's not familiar. And then we say, it's, it, then we put our label on it because one person is doing it and 10,000 people aren't doing it. And we say, well, oh, okay, 10,000 people are doing that. That's the spirit of the Lord. So I want, this book is going to bless you. Thank you, and I'm praying for all of you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Was that awesome? My destiny is now. The table has been spread today. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I have enjoyed all of the authors, 
And I have found the common connection in all three of the books was speaking. This is an hour where you must open your mouth and speak the word of the living God without apology. Oh, glory to God. You must speak what thus saith the Lord. And I believe it is by divine order that these books are being released at this appointed time. Look at somebody and tell them, wake up. Look at somebody else and tell them, wake up. It is time for the body of Christ to awake and put on strength. So when the enemy sticks his head up, we can say, I plead the blood because the blood has a voice. So that we can fulfill and know that our destiny is right now. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, there is a flow this morning. And God wants you ready. You ain't got time to get ready. You got to be ready. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to know that I have enjoyed myself. Being the MC, uh, Pastor Shirley said in her book, we ought to enjoy Jesus. I look at people like, what's wrong with you? Is you saved for real? How can you serve the true and living God and don't have no joy? You need to come and let somebody lay hands on you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I want you to know it has been a privilege and it has been an honor. And I want to turn it over to Pastor Bob. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we be seated? We're going to receive the offering this morning. We get so excited in the workshops, we forget sometimes. But really, the offering is always uh, ordained when the presence of God is here. We always make an offering because of the presence of God. And that is the way you show him that you appreciate him being here. You know, if you got this many people together without the presence of God, you could have a riot. You could have a... Anything, an argument and strife, and some churches they do. You got me? There are people pull a gun on the deacon, and the deacon's pulling the guns on the pastor, and people scared to show up sometimes. But thank God the presence of God is here. He keeps divine order. He keeps us in joy. He keeps your spirit edified. He keeps you blessed and whole. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm going to read it. Amos 9. Anybody, can anybody get the, um, the, what is it, Living Bible real quick for me? And you got it? And praise God. Amos 9.13, if you got it on, anybody got it on anything? I don't care. Yeah, message, like I said. You got it? Who said it? Oh, message. Who got it for me? Sorry about that, gang. I, I zipped everything up. It's stuck in my Bible. Yeah, the message. Is it there? It starts, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. Amen. What are you doing, sister? You got some rocks on it. I'm left my scope in the room, but I noticing all that. Oh, God, God bless you, woman. I'm, I'm just being a little naughty. That's all. I'm all right. I, but you know what? I got to check everything. Make sure the sisters has got it all together there like they're supposed to, like God's supposed to let you have it. Stuff like that. All right. Amos 9, 13. 
praise God. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. That's God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. I think we've had enough uh, um, encouragement and edification today to expect things to happen quickly. He says, one thing, uh, fast on the heels after the other. Amen. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They'll rebuild ruined cities. And those of you who come to our Rejoice Detroit meetings know that we're seeing it. We're praying for it. We're believing God for rebuilding in the city of Detroit and all the cities of this, this America. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. Work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables, and I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. Your God says this, and that's what you can take to the bank. Thank you.